previously on the Simply Human Podcast. And I get him in a full body embrace. This guy is just stark naked. And we both go flying onto his bed. So I'm laying genital to genital, face to face. Well, and I have quite a bit of experience uh, wrestling naked men. It's episode 27 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is the Primal Run Geek, Jeff Spakes. I wonder if you can hear the screaming in the background. On today's show, we have little girls screaming in the background. <laughs> that, is, that is part of the enjoy life. They are enjoying life, screaming and tearing at each other like wild uh, cats. And, uh, yeah, that's the two daughters. Speaking of two daughters, Jeff Spakes has two daughters. We're going to talk to him about that a little bit later on. He is the pretty author. Weak, of, pretty weak segue there. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he is the, <laughs> uh, the author and creator of the Primal Run Geek podcast. We'll link to his podcast in the show notes. Then it's another moderately funny edition, and we say moderately funny because of Mr. Spakes. Another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Dr. Nick Anthony from last week, and he tells a rather embarrassing story about, oh, I guess maybe trying to overextend himself after he got past his prime. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I am awesome. How are you? I'm good. What is your biggest fear? What do you? What uh, keeps you up at night? Uh, and I'm. This is directly off the top of my head. We don't like we've said before. We don't talk about this, so I have had no time to think. My biggest fear is getting lost. Like, uh, and it's like, a, like a really store? super intense fear. Like if we're going somewhere, like the 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 advent of the smartphone has been like taking like two trillion milligrams of Prozac a day because I can't get lost anymore because. Well, I guess you theoretically. Oh my God! I guess you theoretically could. Now my heart's starting to beat really fast. Hold on. But now, are you talking like, about like out in the woods, lost, or like you're in a town and you don't? I'm know talking where you about are. any of it, and I don't spend a lot of time in the woods. So, I mean, if I did, that would probably be a big fear. But like in a new city, getting lost. Uh, gosh, when Anna and I used to go on vacation uh, before the you know before handheld navigation, we would go on like whatever MapQuest and print out maps and uh-huh. stuff, and like. Uh, I would print out maps for everything. Like I would look for restaurants in the area and print out a map and do this. And, and like, if I didn't have a map to guide me, I would start freaking out. And Anna's the opposite. She lived in DC for a while. She's lived in you know a couple big cities, and she would literally just, hey, I'll go out and adventure, and I'll make it back somehow. So she'd just get on the metro and just go ride and get off somewhere and look at some stuff and be like, oh, well, where am I? Like my brother lived in Brooklyn for a while, and they would do the same thing, getting used to the subway, and that scrambles my brain so hard and i'm a big city guy i would love to live like in a gigantic super mega city with like awesome you know public transportation but oh man that would that would I, freak I'm just, you out I'm too literally much. i'm sweating like kind of thinking about getting getting lost that way well and i will share mine uh, even though no one asked but three minutes and 15 hey mark <laughs> hey mark yes your biggest fear uh it's funny that you should ask that and uh about three minutes into the podcast we're gonna break the uh, uh toilet uh barrier my biggest fear is getting up in the middle of the night and when i get up in the middle of the night to urinate i, oh, I science I, word man <laughs> <laughs> i sit so i don't have to turn lights on and aim right so yeah. i sit my biggest fear 
is sitting down to to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night in the darkness and not knowing that like maybe a snake or some sort of scorpion or some spider has is in the bowl and and jumps up i'm so i'm always sitting there going to the bathroom like oh kind of like I no, can't relax completely because I'm like waiting for the impact <laughs> of the snake's fangs in my waiting rear Waiting for end. the inevitable like uh, animal bite like on their very sensitive <laughs> nether region. Yes. You I know was... what? Uh, this, I, I meant to text this to you and I forgot. An article I saw in Huffington Post, some researcher at some egghead college, some scientist did some research and uh, got some human subjects and got some bees and would take the bee with uh, tweezers and sting, like intentionally sting these research subjects oh. on different parts of their body to find the worst place oh. to be stung by a bee. How this is scientifically relevant, I don't have any idea. But imagine the top three body parts were lips, uh, oh. I don't remember the other one, I think nose, and penis. Oh. Who would have thought <laughs> that those are the worst places to be stung by a bee, first of all, and second of all, there are times in my life where, uh, much younger, where I wasn't really uh, economically stable, and I'm like, man, I, I here's some stuff I can do for money. I can sell plasma, which I did. That's yeah, how I bought yes. my wife's engagement ring was selling <laughs> plasma. And there are times where, I was like, hey, I could be a, you know, one of those scientific, uh, you know, research subject guys. Not one that you like inject like nuclear stuff into and kill them, but like I can do other stuff. How much do you pay the guy who's like, all right, and uh, let's see the place where you're going to be stung is the uh, lips. by the bee. It's on, it's on your arm, and the place you're going to get stung by the bee is on your eyelid. Like, does the eyelid guy make like ten Twice times the amount that like arm sting guy makes? Can you imagine the lip? The lip though, on like your top oh, lip. Oh, that's just horrible. Yikes! Like that so is when you say brutal. like research subject i immediately think of ghostbusters and bill murray when he's like zapping the guy do you remember is that i guess it's been over 30 years since i've seen ghostbusters so i'm not really familiar (laughs) well i hate you for that um i need to watch it again i mean it's a classic one one other thing we have to mention uh i know it is baseball season and we could talk forever about the rangers because we are both rangers fans but this is not a rangers podcast we won't do that we will say however let's let's, let's do a rangers podcast (laughs) just all rangers um we will have to say because this has to do with uh toilet humor is that a big surprise is that there was a rangers bullpen pitcher who probably won't be on the roster for for very long but he no 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 he'll stick around dude i promise you think i'm hoping he does yeah yeah. Yeah, he's good he's all right he has a good track record with the dodgers uh well, I don't want to get like super baseball nerd them into it, but they're going to have to make moves on the forty to get some of these guys back, Harrison and, and Colby Lewis and right. stuff. But that's what I'm scared of. I think of. he'll stick around because they need uh, kind of not. Key, I don't want to say this. They need kind of like not key bullpen pitchers, like guys who can come in like in the Trash fifth innings. and eat yeah. an inning or something. Yeah. So anyway, this guy's name is Sean Tolleson. We'll we'll disclose his name, and his older okay. brother is is your age, a year older than me, and a good friend of ours, and who's a, a or an orthodontist. And Sean, when he was little, I mean, he was like eight years younger than us. So he was like a little yeah, kid. And we were his like camp counselors at a, at a camp that we would go to in the summer. And his nickname was Fartmaster. <laughs> and that's what we called him. I mean, it was like, and it wasn't like, I mean, he like, he loved it. It wasn't like we were making fun of him. Like he owned that. I think he probably told Dude, I for, us. I'd forgotten about that until you texted me last <laughs> week. Hey, Fartmaster's in the game. I was like, oh man, I forgot about that. So now I mean, we hadn't talked to him. And now he's like this big, 
big league pitcher, and and here he used to be known as Fart Master. So I thought that was a relevant topic to the Simply Human Diarrhea. By the way, in a, in a brief callback, you said earlier about your toilet stuff that like uh, you'll sit down in the bathroom, like you're justifying this, like here's the reasons why. Right. In my like older age, I sit down to pee way more often than I stand up, yeah. just because like oh, I get to sit down and have a little bit of a break. Here <laughs> Shut for the a door moment. and so don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I well, get. yeah. Don't so don't feel bad. Uh, don't feel like you're less manly because I would say like I probably sit down sixty percent of the time. Yeah. Just I, because like oh I can take a little bit of a break right. here, take a load off for a moment. Okay, that makes me feel better. Um, and then and then coming up this week, actually, as this when this airs, it will be the uh, Monday after Paleo FX. But uh, started getting my presentation together last night, and uh, raising human kids is going to be the topic of the. And I'm also on a panel with a bunch of doctor experts, which is I think they must have made a mistake, including me. But your uh, first is your first slide just a, a, a picture of a bull whip. Yeah, it's just gonna be like beat them, and then that's all right. Thanks. Any question? Any questions? Four second presentation. And here is Mark Rogers. Hello, everyone. Beat them. Thank you very much for having me. Questions. (laughs) All right. So, but let's get to it. Um, We want to get to our interview with Jeff Spakes. Um, So you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel. I have a, a, a series that I've started called Combating the Chair, and part one was hanging. Uh, part two will be some type of foam rolling or lacrosse ball agony torture thing. Um, so keep an eye out for those things. Also links to the Simply Human Kids page. Follow me on Twitter at SimplyHuman52. Also on Instagram at SimplyHuman52. Email the show, SimplyHumanLifestyle at gmail.com, or you can email Rick at SimplyHumanRick at gmail.com so at the, actually at the time of this recording we have not yet interviewed Jeff Spakes so we're going to talk to him about a bunch of stuff it's going to be great right? I anticipate it will be a great interview <laughs> in the future alright so here is Jeff Spakes at, of PrimalRunGeek.com Joining us today on the Simple Human Podcast is a, a very special friend of the show. Such a such a strong influence on the show, uh, Jeff Spakes of PrimalRunGeek.com. And actually, Jeff was one of our first reviews. He critiqued. He he put a critique on his show. I guess that's how it started. And one of the things that we took to heart, uh, which I'm going to let Rick and Jeff you know talk about. Is, is Jeff, uh, yeah. Is, is he yeah. said? Rick's giving me some crap for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So, it, <laughs> but it was great constructive criticism because I would always say it's another hilarious edition of all the, all the humans being humans. And it wasn't. A lot of them weren't hilarious. And it's like saying, "Hey, I have this hilarious story I'm going to tell you," and then you tell it, and it's like. So he said, you know, that that was one of his. That was his only critique. Everything else was great, and uh, and so I think Rick uh, that hurt Rick's feelings a little bit. So, well, it's like uh, a stand-up comic that just tanks, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think Louis C.K.'s got a bit that, like, the word, I think it's him, that's just, like, the word hilarious is overdone. And so I I actually agree <laughs> with you, Jeff. Like, uh, I feel like we use that word, like, the word awesome. Not yeah. everything literally inspires awe. So I think uh, I think you're onto something. We, we try to be entertaining, though. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can deliver sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, Rick, for a little redemption and for the life of me, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was one of these, uh, you guys were talking about the Olympics. And uh, <laughs> there was one that you came up with that I did. It was hilarious. I chuckled out loud. Yes! So and, is that a, is that a uh, you know, There was nobody around my, I, I work from home. There was nobody here. It was in the middle of the day. So 
Luckily, I didn't have my kids staring at me and go, what the heck is dad laughing? <laughs> well, I'm glad you can v validate my entire human existence by saying you laugh. That's literally like the best thing anyone on planet Earth can tell me is I made them laugh. So I'm glad I delivered in that uh, in that clutch situation, Jeff. Awesome. Nice. I say awesome. Glad I could make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's that's my thing is people saying literally. And then like, I literally laughed to death. Like, no, you didn't, because you're still alive. So please don't say literally like that. Well, it's like my girls, uh, they use like. I yeah. have like some homework tonight. It's like, you don't actually have homework. It's just like homework? What is it? Yeah, what, what, what's the simile that you're, uh, <laughs> that you're referring to? That's I'm very funny. guilty of that when I'll listen to the podcast and critique myself. I'm like, gosh, how often do I say like? And it's all the time, but, uh, you yeah. know, what are you going to do? Yeah, and also the, uh, the Everyman series was also <laughs> Jeff's idea. We would, we would tell people, and we tell people still, hey, give us critiques, give us recommendations, we'll, and chances are we'll do it. And he was like, you should do, like, uh, you know, something where you, you interview just the everyday person. And I was like, okay, we'll do that. And that's what well, the Everyman series is. You know, I'll tell you, I'm not some crazy talker um but <laughs> the idea came to me because I, I listened to the you know the typical rounds of uh, paleo primal you know running type podcasts and uh you know you, you hear the same guys uh which is great because they always have a little bit different insight on every show um but but it's a tough road to hoe for most of us guys trying to be paleo and primal and and live a clean life and so you know i i want to know i'm not the only one out there that struggles with this thing cool Awesome. And ha actually, tell us, how did you come upon the Simply Human podcast? Um, I use uh, an app on my iPhone called Downcast, and uh, every once in a while, I, I just kind of go in there, and uh, I, I put up, you know, I, I look for paleo or primal-type podcasts or anything that might uh, tweak my interest, trail running, cycling, and stuff like that, and you guys came up, and I said, well, I'm going to give it a listen. And uh, it, it, unlike some other podcasts, after the first two or three, it, it really caught me and stuck cool yeah and i know awesome. I, when i tell people if people are like oh listen i kind of talk them through how to download the the podcast app and all that i'm like please 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 start with the most recent ones and work back do not start the first one is just me talking and it's like I, it's, this is what it sounds like uh mark uh, my name is mark and uh <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I play college football. It's horrible, and uh, it's so then it, it, it sort of evolved. And I can't even imagine what the show was like without Rick. Like, what, what, I, I have to go back and listen to that. I guess I just talked to, to no one. But um, anyway, so yeah, thank you for your uh, critiques and everything. So uh, give us your background uh, and uh, sort of how you got into all this and uh, uh, sort of your journey into the primal health uh, realm. Well, much like uh, I am, I am a mid forties kind of guy trying to, uh, you know, pretend I'm still twenty something out there. And my wife always tells me, "Well, you can't treat your body like you're twenty because you get hurt and injured." And I'm like, you know, I got hurt and injured when I was younger. I just I don't heal now. <laughs> right. It's forever. But uh, you know, I, I was a typical high school jock and everything, and kind of fell out of it afterwards uh, through college and through early work career and. Um, you know, spent the better part of my 30s laying on the couch, napping, and getting fat and out of shape. I thought you were going to say laying on the couch naked, but you said napping. I'm glad you said napping. napping. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think naked I will save for a different podcast. <laughs> right. uh, I don't know which one. <laughs> well, it could be this one. The show that we just released, episode 26, had lots of references to uh, naked men, so it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, back so, back to napping. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one day, and I, I can't put my finger on why it was, it kind of something snapped in me, and 
I got tired of being overweight and out of shape and, you know, looking at myself in the mirror and, uh, and, and, and just being that way. And it took me a while to find a paleo primal lifestyle. Um, but I started out with, uh, I did martial arts as a kid and I went in and I, and I found a, a local Krav Maga place, uh, here in, uh, in the Boulder, Colorado area. Uh, and from there, you know, they opened up a CrossFit box associated with the Krav Maga and I became a CrossFit instructor and, and just kind of started my journey um, into being fitness and through CrossFit is where I found the paleo. And uh, I no longer do that, unfortunately, because my, my two daughters uh, have gotten older and their sports and endeavors take up my evenings. So it's very difficult to do something where I have to go to a class or there's a structured time. Um, so that's where I got into uh, to trail running. Uh, and I, I have my garage set up as a CrossFit box, so I still train and do that stuff as well as Olympic lifting. Cool, yeah. I, uh, I also have a CrossFit box in my, in my garage. Um, it was actually in the playroom. Uh, no, <laughs> excuse me. It was in the gym in my house. But I also have two daughters, and I, and I have a son, um, and a, a, a young baby son. Well, I have two daughters, four and three, so I can't imagine. I think yours are, are they both teenagers? Some, some yeah, they're sixth and ninth grade. Oh, I can't. Twelve and fifteen now, yeah, yeah. I don't even, like, they're already, one, the oldest one's already talking about miles at school, and this boy, and it's like, you're four, it's too early. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, my gym got moved into the garage, and now my gym in the house is the is the playroom uh, because of that. But, uh, yeah, so uh, so you were, when did you get uh, certified? I mean, have you, have you, has it been a while? Yeah, it was, uh, well, I want to say it's probably about five or six years ago uh, when I got certified, and then uh, I taught the CrossFit classes and also, like, uh, kickboxing uh, and stuff like that at the Krav Maga place for about a year and a half before kids sports started taking over our lives. Cool. And then uh, you uh, do you still kind of watch the Open uh, or you kind of stay in with all that scene at all? I or? do. And uh, I did participate in the Open last year, but unfortunately this year I've had a, a shoulder injury and I haven't really been able to lift or anything for the last two or three months. And I'm just slowly getting back into that now. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And so, like, you know, there's a lot of my whole deal with CrossFit is, you know, the the, the the detractors, the people that don't like CrossFit are people that like strength coaches that w are, are very into the specificity of training. Like if you're a golfer, like training muscles that will help you to play golf. And, and, but to me, it's like, if your sport is CrossFit, then it's perfect. You know, like that's what you're training for. So I, I'm a big CrossFit fan, uh, started doing it in, I guess, 2009, uh, my brother-in-law owns a box in Houston, and he uh, is competing. I think his team is probably going to make uh, regionals this year. Nice. Um, and uh, and so it's fun. So if he if they make it, we'll go down to the South Central Regional uh, in May. But um, anyway, so yeah, CrossFit is a is a great thing. I, I think anything that gets people, you know, thinking about health or fitness, even if it's like a juice fast, if that's what it takes to get you thinking about health, then I'm all for it. So yeah, and you know, CrossFit gets a bad rap from a lot of people, and. It boils down to where you're going, who your uh, who your coaches are, you know, and how they structure it. And you know, every CrossFit workout doesn't have to be, you know, balls to the wall kind of thing. Right. You don't have to go out and set PRs and kill yourself. And you know, you really need. And myself being level one certified, my main uh, passion sport is trail running. So you know, I program my CrossFit to complement what I do for my my trail running. 
Cool. And let's talk about that. I guess living in Colorado, sort of, I guess you have to trail run, right? I mean, that's just sort of like a, one of the things. Well, it's, you it's either there. trail running or mountain biking. And <laughs> my mountain biking skills suck. <laughs> anytime it's any kind of technical trail, you know, I'm gripping the handlebar so hard that right. uh, it's just not enjoyable. Right. So how long have you been trail running and sort of what is your trail running experience? Well, I think I started probably about, uh, five, six years ago. And, uh, I was one of those guys that hated running. You know, I, I would run the 400 meters for a warm up or during a CrossFit wad and be fine with it. But anything over than that, uh, it, it just it killed me. But uh, on vacation one year down in Phoenix, and there was a trail out beside our hotel, and I started hiking it. And uh, some dude ran by me one day, and I'm like, "Look at that idiot! What the hell is he doing?" <laughs> uh, the next day, and uh, the same thing. Guy runs by me. I'm like, "Huh? Yeah, I, I'd kind of like to see what's further out on this trail." And, and I, I started running. And uh, took to it on the trail as opposed to on the road. And uh, from there, it just became a passion. Uh, about two years ago was the, uh, the pinnacle of my trail running exploits where I ran uh, the Moab Red Hot 33K in Moab and then uh, cool. North Fork 50K here in, uh, in Colorado up in Pine in the mountains. And that one just about killed me. Do your daughters think you're crazy or are they into it? Well, my wife, no, my, my, my oldest daughter is a runner. She does cross country and track for awesome. her high school. Um, my youngest daughter is a competitive swimmer and soccer and basketball player. Awesome. So they're, they're all into various sports. And a uh, great thing last year, I ran um, Dirty 30, which has a 50K, which is a 30 miler, as well as a half marathon version up in Golden last year. And my oldest daughter ran that with me. Oh, so cool. That, that was a great experience to be out there on the trail with her. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, where is hey, Jeff? Uh, Jeff, oh, real quick, what's the difference besides like uh, you know scenery? One's on the road, one's in a trail. What's the difference? Main differences between trail running and kind of like traditional like road running, I guess. Well, the the one thing you know on, on the road running, and I still do a lot of that um, because I can walk out my front door at lunchtime and, and go do it, but. You know, there's just a lot of repetition, and your stride and where your feet lay down the run are, are going to be same. So that's where I think you see a lot of repetitive injuries, like plantar fasciitis and IT band syndrome. Whereas opposed to on the trail, I mean, your feet are moving in different positions. They're landing in this way and that way, and your ankles are moving and rolling. Um, it's, it's just a lot different on the legs, uh, where, you know, the CrossFit comes into play as well for having upper strength and, and good core uh, strength as well. Yeah, trail running is absolutely. If you're gonna if you're gonna look at the simply human pillar of move like a human, trail running uh, is a really good one. Hiking, anything not on a treadmill or a sidewalk or a track, uh, because that is a more natural uh, movement pattern. Is kind of you know. And what kind of shoes do you do you run in? Well, and let, let me before I go to the shoes, let me qualify and I'll do the air quotes with the trail running <laughs> because I am a, a slow. Back of the Packer realized uh, oh, yeah. about a year or so ago that, you know, I'm only going to be so fast and I probably won't get any faster, so I'm out there for the joy. Uh, the thing I like about trail running is there's a lot of power hiking, especially here in Colorado on steep uphills. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, that that's a good thing. You know, you don't have to have that mentality to go out there every time and, and just, run. Just kill yourself. Speed yeah. yeah I, and I actually switched recently to, to running by uh, time because various trails i mean i can go out uh, in a local east county relatively flat trail and run a certain distance and it may take me an hour and a half but i go try to run the same distance up in the mountains and it could take me three three and a half hours just because of the ascent difference right. so 
it's a different mentality. You can't always have the same pace. Okay, now uh, but as far, the shoes. Yeah. yeah, shoes. As far as shoes, uh, my two favorites are, are as a as a brand are Montreal and Salomon's. Cool. So I'll have various ones that I wear. You know, maybe a hybrid kind of road crusher fine trail, all the way up to uh, the more beefier ones for for technical trails. Right. Cool. And so, how often uh, do you do you get out and hit the trails? Um, I actually every I, I try to do it twice a week. Um, it's usually once a week. Sunday morning is our long trail run. I have two training partners that we run together, and uh, we'll head out depending upon the uh, the time of year, anywhere between six o'clock or so. And it takes us thirty minutes to an hour to get to the really good trails from uh, where we live in East Boulder County. Um, so trail running once a week for sure. Uh, kind of some flatter trails, usually one other time during the week, and that's more of a faster tempo run. Cool. Yeah, down where we are, <clears throat> I know in Abilene especially and in, in, in the Dallas area, not a whole lot of uh, hilly trails around. We have we have something up here. It's just north of me. It's like where they do some mountain biking stuff. It's called Buck Creek Trails, but it's it's nothing like <laughs> the mountains, uh, which I... Yeah, very well aptly named for a uh, Simply Human podcast. Too. Yes, yeah, the Buck Naked uh, Creek yeah. Trails. <laughs> Exactly. What my, my wife is actually from Shreveport, Louisiana, so okay. uh, we 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 drive through there quite a bit, and uh, I've actually run a lot of trails uh, along the Red River there in Shreveport when we'd go visit. And I found if you find a mountain biking community, you're going to find trails. Right. Right. Well, okay. So, it, sort of in uh, in tune with the everyman theme, take us through a typical day. I mean, you've got. You've got kids, job, you know, what is like a typical day for you as far as managing your schedule and your diet and all that kind of stuff? Well, you know, it's uh, the, the hardest part of the diet is, is social life getting in when you when you don't hang around. All, all the friends are not on board with your lifestyle. And, you know, it's, it's very easy to get out of that mentality. Um, but but when I'm in it, you know, my typical day during the week is I'm usually up around six o'clock coming down to the office working from home you know for about an hour or so before everybody gets up and gets ready for school um, most of my breakfast uh, five or six days a week is a bulletproof coffee yes uh, get the kids up pick, fix their lunch fix their breakfast get them off to school and I'll work for a while and then uh, about lunchtime um, 11:30 or so I'll get a workout in anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour depending upon what's on tap for the day then come back and eat lunch um, and then, uh, you know, work until after, after work time and then shuttling kids to practices or track meets, soccer games, whatever have, have you. And then, uh, you know, usually dinner in a hot tub session at night. That's what I'm talking about. Now, Jeff, <laughs> now Jeff is, is one of our admitted, uh, you know, regular humans are, uh, our everyday people, uh, someone who's kind of similar to me and, but you're way further along in your journey than I am. Uh, what is something that you could tell someone that's you know fairly new uh, to the human lifestyle or whatever? What are like uh, what's one of like your greatest uh, accomplishments in it, and one of your greatest like things that you have you struggled with early on? Wow, that that's a good question, and it's not just struggling early on. I think it's struggling continuously. Is that uh, you know you can't beat yourself up too much when you fail or fall off that wagon um, because it's it's going to happen. For, for most of us, I'd say. I, I don't really, I haven't heard too many stories of people that don't fail at some point and have to pick themselves back up and get back on it. And that, that's tough mentally. And I'm, I'm very hard on myself mentally because of that. Um, but I, I think you have to realize, you know, I started in January this year. Everybody else, you know, it's the beginning of the year, did a whole 30 
And, uh, you know, it was great. It was spectacular. It was uh, actually, it ended up being a whole 24 because I was uh, traveling for work and uh, hooking up with uh, the guy that was the best man at my wedding and everything else. So that, that kind of, uh, we got into a bunch of good ciders down in Orlando. So my whole 31 didn't end up that way. But, you know, you have to let life come as well and try to try to maintain where you want to be. And I think the biggest thing is, is unlike conventional diets, it can't be the diet mentality anymore where I'm going to do this for 30 days. It has to be a lifestyle change, complete and utter. Yeah, and uh, uh, to, give a, to give a little uh, time traveling deal, uh, as the listeners are listening to this, coming up in, a, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes, Rick and I are going to, the Simple Human Tip of the Week on this show, which we've already recorded, is don't have and, and this is a spoiler alert. Uh, don't, is, is don't is, <laughs> is don't yeah don't have a cheat day. Don't call it that. If you have a, if you have a cheat meal, if you have like a cookie, you don't call it a oh I I cheated. Just you had a cookie, you know. Like just it's a lifestyle thing. Don't don't just have this constant. You know we we'll talk about it later uh, in the simply human tip of the week. But yeah, it's, it's, it goes right along with that with that theme uh, in our tip. So that's great. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, I used to be a, a huge craft beer guy. I was a home brewer for 15 plus years. And uh, about a year and a half ago when I did my first Soul 30, I found out that I was very gluten intolerant. It just knocks me on my butt. So much to my chagrin, I've, I've given up beer. And uh, you know, every once in a while if we're out and a buddy orders a good IPA, you know, I may have a sip or two of that. But I, I no longer order beer for myself. Right. I, I think without doing any like testing or anything, I think I am extremely gluten sensitive now. And I may I might have always been because now if I do like drink a beer with dinner or you know I haven't had any bread in, in gluten in bread form in probably two years but uh, if I do have a beer or something I just I feel like inflamed the next day I'm like I'll have a I'll have joint pain I'll have all sorts I just I'll feel terrible so you know oh well so that that way I just I'll just chug vodka instead so yeah it's I'm a I'm a big cider and tequila guy now but let me ask you because you mentioned not having the bread thing for like two years. And I probably outside maybe a slice of pizza here or or a nice focaccia bread and we're out at a restaurant a little bite. I have not had pasta or bread like a sandwich or anything like that in probably the same amount of time. Yeah. And I have found you know what I don't miss it. Yeah. And everybody thinks it's going to be tough. So do you miss it? Absolutely not. When when people are like, well, I just can't give up the chips. I can't give up the bread and all that. I'm like, when when the waiter brings the bread basket or the chips, I don't even like go, oh. This is going to be so hard. I really want one of those. They, yeah, they, they I, might I'm very well. rarely tempted either by it. It yeah. just amazed me because I not, thought it, it would be difficult. Yeah, it's because it's not – to me, my brain doesn't sense that as food anymore. It's like they might as well have put like a, a, a shoe on the table. Like I have no physical response uh, anymore. I've like deconditioned myself, I guess, which is great because I used to just go crazy on – tortillas yeah my wife is like my wife is walking in here and she's one of those people that can eat with like whatever she wants and she's got like a six pack after having three kids and she's like shaking her head because she's you know she's she she can eat bread and stuff and she loves her uh, cornbread and her uh her cornbread and and uh what else do you eat uh tortillas and stuff like that and not occasionally and, and speaking of wives um you know jeff have you uh it, w- w- how has it been like with your family are they have they been open to these to the changes that you made, or, or is it something that they don't? It's like fish don't know. Yeah, I mean, the um, wet. They, they have been open and they've been supportive. Um, my wife has not been. Uh, she's probably been you know seventy five to ninety five percent on board most of the time. Um, my my daughters have actually been harder, but uh, I, I did a recent blog post as well. My my wife used to suffer from migraines, and my youngest daughter does. 
And since my wife has pretty much given up gluten and anything like that, um, she used to be a Diet Coke fiend. And she hasn't probably <laughs> had one in two or three years. But her migraines have pretty much gone away. Wow. And my youngest daughter had one a couple of weeks ago, and, and it's just the biggest helpless feeling to see her suffering, and you can't do anything. Um, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts and read stuff where people with migraines and other type of ailments, you know, they, they go primal and they give up gluten. And they go away. So starting today, after our vacation, we have primalized our house. The kids are on board. The wife's 100% on board. Uh, if it's not primal, we have thrown it in the trash. Cool. Man, that is really, really awesome. And that, that brings up an interesting point that, that I want to hit on real quick. Most, like, you know, other than this, most conventional diets, air quotes, are about one thing. It's about losing weight, getting less fat, get, you know, getting ripped, whatever. This isn't just, like, not the only aspect of this isn't just, like, losing weight. That's a side effect that can come of this, especially if you've got weight to lose. But there's so many other awesome things about this simply human primal NSNG way to eat. It, it affects so many aspects of your life, and I feel like a lot of people don't understand that until they actually experience it themselves. People have uh, less uh, anxiety issues. I am a big-time anxiety person. I've had, you know, struggled with depression in the past. That is clearing up for me. Uh, ADHD for some people. Uh, migraines. Uh, stomach issues, uh, you know, bathroom issues, you know, uh, to put it sensitively. There are a million things that eating this way and taking care of yourself this way, it'll affect every single aspect of your life that you don't even realize until you do it. And that's such a, a key point. This isn't about, you know, losing weight for a lot of people. It's about more energy and being fat adapted and, 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 and being a better person throughout the day. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a happy byproduct to be able to, you know, to lose the weight and look better. But, you know, for me mentally, you know, I've gone that month where I'm, I'm strict and I'm on top of things and then gone that month where I'm, I'm eating like crap. You know, just mentally, I just feel better about myself. And I think everybody I know does as well that eats this way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, uh, I, had a, I had a question that was in my head and then my son... Uh, came in here with my wife and I started like Googling at him and uh, he's five months old. So well, yeah. I've, I've got one for you, Mark, okay. while, while you really collect your mind. Uh, <laughs> Jeff is someone who's done some, some longer running uh, to, and you're speaking to me, someone who I desperately want to be a distance runner. I've tried a couple of times to run a marathon. I came really, really close this time last year. I had to abandon pretty much last second, about two weeks into the marathon, because before the marathon, because of severe, severe, severe IT band issues. I'm just starting to get back into it now. I've done a lot of reading on mechanics. I'm doing some uh, heart rate specific training, zone two stuff. So I'm just starting to get back into it and get my mileage back. What are some things you can tell me, uh, some tips that you can give me as someone who's just kind of starting out, restarting out, I guess, on this journey of I want to be a super extreme distance, awesome, uh, super cool runner, man? Yeah, so I mean, you're coming at this thing uh, kind of like I have. And you know, after I ran the, uh, the North Fork 50K, I did it. It's much like the, the sad standard American diet. I did it with conventional training, loads and loads of miles. And... I think before that race, my body was just so beat down. I mean, I, I get passed by these ultra-distance guys in the mountains up here that are just uber-fit, you know, and can just run and run and run. Well, being, uh, you know, soon to be 46 years old, I can't do that anymore. and My body's just not built for it. So I think the biggest thing and kind of what I've adopted for my training 
is a combination of CrossFit endurance and uh, run less, run faster, or the, the first style, where essentially three, three running workouts a week. Um, one faster, shorter tempo, one uh, interval base, and then one longer, slower run. And um, I'm eager to find out. I've got two 25Ks coming up in about the next uh, six to eight weeks, and I'm eager to see how that treats me um, as opposed to just pounding on the miles. Because I did not run probably for six months after that 50K. I was wow. just completely and utterly broken. And my wife said, next time you do that, you can uh, you can take care of yourself <laughs> the two weeks afterwards when you're off. Yeah. Well, I was I was literally awesome. walking around my house with uh, with hiking poles. Wow. Yeah. See, oh, like man. I I ran. That's, a- that's one of the things. Like my strategy for getting ready. Like my goal this time next year. There's a marathon in the city I work in. That's my goal. It's a year out, so that's plenty of time. My goal between now and kind of when I start like a a a, 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 a specific like marathon training program, I want to add muscle to my legs and i'm the typical guy who uh leg day would come around in the gym and i'd be like oh well i got uh some errands to run like skipping <laughs> leg day and that's weird considering like i grew up a hockey player you'd think i'd have you know big in the legs but that's i, I am focusing very hard on legs and uh in the weight room a couple times a week to put on more muscle i think that's something that that may have uh, but between my crappy mechanics and my crappy training program, I think lack of actual leg push strength uh, had something to do with my injury issues. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm trying to add that before I start like a real training program in earnest. Yeah, and I don't think you can ignore the core and the upper body as well. You know, um, it, it's a full well, body. When I say legs, I mean, I mean core also. Like I'm, I'm doing a lot of like, I'm making sure when I do squats, like my, my, uh, my abs are tight and I'm, and I'm getting good core stuff too, but that's what I'm really focusing on heavy, I should say. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge uh, Olympic lifting uh, aficionado, so I do a lot of that, you know, as, as well as the, the typical gymnastic uh, push-up, pull-up, those kind of things as well. Yeah, I love the Olympic lifts as well. I, you know, uh, I had some background in, uh, in college doing that stuff, and it's been really fun kind of getting back into that sort of training plan where I have a, you know, my deadlift day. I'm doing cleans every day. I'm doing uh, military press and bench press and, and kind of the big, the big lifts, so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I also yeah, those have- things that hit every, every part of your body are, are great, and Rick, I'll be eager to follow your uh, your journey for the marathon because my bucket list is I you know I want to work back up and run a 50k again uh, hopefully next year um, and if it treats my body right my my big goal is I would love to run a 50 miler before I turn 50 years old. That's if I oh, think wow, I can do it without breaking myself. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, uh, when I get closer to it, uh, me and a buddy from work uh, who just has gotten into running, uh, he and I actually on Facebook yesterday, I saw he'd been running. I was like, hey, you want to run the marathon with me this time next year? So we kind of email back and forth. So that's one, uh, I've got literally just about one year from now, and I'll update it on, the, on our uh, site, my progress. Yeah, and if you can find any trails around there, I, I would encourage you to go out and give it a try. They don't have okay. to be mountains up and down trails, but it's a nice switch, change of pace from pounding the pavement. That's yeah. for sure. And you're still getting the, the uh, cardiovascular, you know, slow twitch fiber uh, benefit out of it as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I'd recommend cycling. I do a lot of road cycling around here as well. Um, cool. So just to switch things up. And I get bored pretty easily, so I like to switch <laughs> things around. Cool. Okay. Well, hey, this is uh, yeah. We'll definitely, uh, Rick. That would be good too. As you're training, we can you know link all that stuff. Do you can do some YouTube videos and uh, kind of give us updates as you go. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, 
And we are. If you're tracking on Strava, you know, hit me up. Just Jeff Spakes on there, and uh... cool. Okay. Well, hey, we are unfortunately coming up on time. Uh, I can't believe it. Uh, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, maybe it'll be shorter than thirty minutes, but you know, we could probably keep talking for a long time. But we all, you know, you know the question that's coming that uh, I've asked almost every uh, guest on the Simple Human podcast, and that what is something that you enjoy about life, or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Oh man, um, you know, off the top, and, and actually, I meant to give this some thought, and I never did. <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, I really enjoy seeing my girls grow up and become their own person. They are so different um, personality-wise, but both of them are so enjoyable in, in their own right that it's just—it's kind of rewarding to see that as a parent, as a mom, as a dad. You know, we haven't really messed up too bad. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the things that I, you know, uh, on the uh, Simple Human Lifestyle daily page, I've got the four pillars, and, and at the end, I've got the what I enjoy about every day. And there's probably not a whole lot of days going back that I don't mention my kids uh, in, at some point in in that in the bullet points that I put in the enjoy life part. Uh, just because it's, you know, like two nights, the, the, two nights ago was the first time that our, my oldest you know, didn't wear a pull-up at night. And so it's like, you know, one of those milestones and it's just such a kind of a fun deal. You never think, uh, you know, like when you're in college and stuff that you're going to get so excited about something like that. But, uh, and then from a business uh, perspective, uh, it's saving me money now. So thank you for that. It's one of those things you can't explain to somebody on how rewarding it can be. Yeah, exactly. It's like running a marathon. Like if if somebody's never run a marathon, all they see is how horrible and the time commitment and all that. It's, uh, uh, you know, but... The feeling of accomplishment, things like that. I'm just so proud to be a dad, and and I really didn't do anything, <laughs> like you know. So it's it's all you, you know. You, you hit the analogy right. Running anything, a marathon, a long distance, every second of pain you put into the endeavor, whether it's training or running or raising your kids, is worth crossing that finishing line. Right, right. Man, cool. that's awesome, and that hits on something we talk about all the time. Very, very, very quickly. Be deliberate. Be intentional about your life, and that—that's something that that I kind of my mantra. Don't do things accidentally and like haphazardly. Like, oh well, I did this. Well, I did that. The things in your life that are important to you, do them with enthusiasm and do them with importance, and that just focuses right in on that, Jeff. That's an awesome point. Thank you so much for bringing it. Yeah, up. great way to put it. Yeah, awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I'm glad that we were able to reconcile Jeff and Rick uh, from the constructive criticism and uh, appreciate Jeff being an early non, non, I don't want to say a non-friend because you're a friend of the show, but a friend of the show who was not a previous <laughs> friend uh, and uh, we'd come up with an acronym for that or something, but uh, appreciate you being on the show and uh, hopefully we can check back in with you at some point later on. And it's been a pleasure and looking forward to following your pl- uh, blog, the primal run And uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks guys. Uh, anytime, just give me a ring. We'll catch back up. It's been a blast. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Jeff Spakes of PrimalRunGeek.com, and we'll link to his stuff in the show notes. That is uh, part three of the Everyman series. We forgot to uh, say that at the beginning, but uh, I guess no one really cares. Yeah. So it's just kind of the uh, everyone, the average Joe, uh, trying out uh, the Simply Human lifestyle, a.k.a. Primal Living, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Just two daughters, just a guy. Uh, nothing, uh, you know, crazy expert about him. He's just trying to be healthy. So, thank yeah, you. Like regular people's experiences, pluses and minuses with this stuff. Not like you know, super medical doctors and stuff like right. that. 
It is now time for the Humans Being Human segment, and we have Dr. Nick Anthony telling a story about a time he was going to maybe try to impress some folks and didn't realize that uh, he had aged a little bit. So here's, here's Dr. Nick. All right, it's another edition of the Humans Being Human story. Dr. Nick Anthony is joining us, and I really, I, would, I was going to say something like, uh, this is another non-poop-your-pants story, but I can't say that because I have no idea what the story is about. So it might very well be a poop-your-pants story. <laughs> so what, what, where, does this, where does this story begin? Oh, wait. What is that? I'm sorry. What's that I'm noise? Turn this off. <laughs> I'm trying to turn it off. Nick, Dr. Nick is in his clinic out in, in Roscoe, which is a very small town west of Abilene. And he, I guess apparently he's still... Uh, has an has an answering machine. Do they still make those, Doctor Nick? <laughs> your answering machine is going crazy. Is it I next to your VHS player? Okay. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it next to your uh, your uh, your like movie collection of VHS movies and uh, your eight tracks? <laughs> yes. All right. Enough making fun of Doctor Nick. Okay. So set the story up. What? Uh, where does this okay. take place? It, it has to do with. Um my long jumping record oh yes as we mentioned in case you didn't listen to episode 26 of the simply human podcast nick anthony is the roscoe high school all-time record holder in the long jump and so that's a that's a pretty incredible thing well to kind of get into the story the um you know i set that record my senior year in roscoe and um Upon graduating from chiropractic school about uh, 10 years later, I was working at a track meet um, in the chiropractic field and kind of stretching kids and doing treatments and things like that for kids. And we were kind of in a downtime and we were really close to a, a triple jump pit. And so the, um, you know, the stud athlete in me said, huh, 30 years, or I'm 30 years old. I can still do this. Oh, right? no. Oh, no. And so I take some practice run-throughs and, and get my mark, kind of get where I'm supposed to be jumping from. And uh, there was another gentleman who was doing this with me. I won't, won't mention any names, but um, he and I were, we were going to battle it out. Okay, it was, it was 100% go time now. It's, it's for real. And um, in high school, I triple jumped 45, 11 and a half inch. Nobody's counting, but um, so I thought, okay, I can I can do this again. And at 30 years old, I take off running 100 percent. You know, my 100 percent is about my probably 50 or 60 percent of my high school days. But I'm going 100 percent at 30 years old, and I get to my mark, and I hit that first left jump. And I hit the second jump, and whenever I hit that right foot on the third jump, oh, my ankle buckled. And I, I just do a front somersault into the sand, landing on my face. <laughs> I'm eating sand. All these people are watching me, and I just made a complete fool of myself. But hey, you get up and I'm dust yourself off, and you're like, you get up and you dust yourself off, you're like, hey, I meant to do that. What's <laughs> up, everybody? Uh-huh, just trying to be funny. Exactly. You just like start- but the flip side oh. of that is when I dusted myself off, I noticed my wedding ring wasn't on my finger anymore. Oh no! And so somewhere in that somersault in the sand, <laughs> my wedding ring disappeared. Oh, and so, no. did you ever find it? 
I did, actually. I went over with the rake and went through it with a fine comb, <laughs> and I found the ring. So we were all good with that. Uh, now how long did it take you to do? How long did it take you to do that to find the ring? Did you get lucky like in ten all. seconds? Oh man, that's awesome! I was so lucky. I was hoping you were going to say, <laughs> yeah. and I stood up and I looked down, and in the somersault, my pants came off. <laughs> <laughs> They just exploded off of me, and I was completely naked, covered in sand. And then I remembered. And then, and then I remembered. Wait a second! I wasn't wearing pants to begin with. <laughs> oh man! I remember my seventh when I was uh, in seventh grade at a football game. Uh, we scored a touchdown, and one of our coaches threw his hands up real fast, like in the in the celebratory. <laughs> Yes, we 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 scored a touchdown, and when he did it, his his wedding ring flew off some like into the grass field, and so there's this picture mm. I have somewhere of like 50 seventh graders in football uniforms, all on their hands and knees, like <laughs> crawling through the the grass looking for Coach V's uh, wedding ring, and we found it. And I, I can't remember. I think I think someone like ended up like crawling through dog poop. Uh, there was it wasn't. They got yeah. fire ant bites all over their arms. Like yeah. I was trying to find the weather. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Doctor Nick, I appreciate you uh, telling your embarrassing story, and I'm glad you found your wedding ring because your wife and my wife have known each other yes. for a long time. And knowing knowing your wife, that would not have been good i can't imagine how that conversation it would, would not be have been a good story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right dr nick we appreciate it and we will talk to you soon okay thank you thank you dr nick for sharing that moment i'm glad he found his wedding ring because i am on my second wedding ring um i lost my wedding ring once and it was not good Rick? I have been married now uh, just a few days over nine years and i cannot believe i haven't lost yeah. mine and uh you know, uh, some uh, there's videos of, you know, here's ways to be safe, like in police officer circles. And one of them that that I've seen a million times is this guy was officer was chasing a criminal, jumping over a chain link fence. Well, when he put his hand up on the top of the chain link fence, he got his ring caught and it ripped his ring finger like yeah. completely off his body. That actually happens fairly, not fairly yeah. often. Like, oh, it just happened yesterday. But like that happens. Well, I like actually guys, have a story. Like, and, Guys are like working factories, like they don't. So for a long time, I didn't wear my wedding ring. I kept it on a keychain, uh, but I wear it now. I, you know, if I lose a finger doing it, then eh, I'm just meant to be the four fingered guy right. on the left hand. But you're, you're like you're like chasing a suspect, and like the first thing you do is like take your wedding ring off and like throw it into the <laughs> into the meadow. <laughs> you're like, I, I, I stick my finger in my mouth and lick it and pull the finger pull the ring off and like hang on a second, pal. Put it in my pocket, and pat it, and like okay, uh, resume chase now. Well, my uh, my dad's friend was playing pickup basketball. You know, when he was like I don't know mid twenties or something. And uh, this guy jumped up to dunk, and put in his ring finger was like up on the rim <laughs> with the ring on it. Yeah, just left it like uh, tails from the crypt, looking like yeah. a finger on top of the rim. And that's another one of those like the Louisville guy that broke his leg because he could jump so high. Like I will never lose my ring finger dunking on a ten foot basket because I just don't have like if you can do that. Then you're the risk is okay. You're a big stud athlete. Well, guess what? You have the risk of pulling your ring finger off. Have fun with that, dude. If I lost a ring finger that way, I would totally tell everyone like, <laughs> oh, like just casually bring my hand up to my face, like stroke my non-existent. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Four fingers instead of five, and people would be like, 
Oh, what happened to your finger? Oh, well, it's an interesting story. I was uh, slam dunking a basketball <laughs> in a basketball game, and I lost it. That's like telling like an awesome like scar story from like, right. well, I was in a war one time, and I was surrounded by the enemy. Like that's the equivalent right. to that. Slam dunking. That's great. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Nick. It is time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is, and I'm going to write a, a, a article about this on the Simply Human uh, Lifestyle website. Uh, as I have seven days <laughs> to, to do this, so this is going to make me write this article. And I, have, I have it already kind of started. But it's basically, don't have a cheat meal. And what I mean by that is, don't call it a cheat meal. And don't think that... Or, or and don't like if you have a, a treat or an indulgence or a cookie that you've caved in or that you've like oh I didn't have the willpower because if you think of it like that it's like you're just constantly in this in this sort of state of tension where you're just battling against this lifestyle choice that you've made that it's it's so hard and this laborious thing that's like so taxing on you you're in like navy seal training and then you cheated by you know sleeping an extra hour or something it you know so to me you know if you if you have a cookie call that i had a cookie don't call it like a cheat meal if you're gonna have like a cheat day just don't have a cheat day just have a day where you just have you know eat whatever you want and don't worry about it because that can really have an effect on a long-term stress levels, cortisol levels, willpower, where you're eventually just you know gonna go crazy and eat like 17 pizzas in a row and you know die of uh, a pizza overdose. And I know you have some Man, thoughts I, on this. I cannot I cannot echo this more strongly. There's a strong psychological connection to terminology how you refer to everything in your life and if you are doing you know you're trying this you know simply human primal no sugars no grams whatever you want to call it if you're doing that and you know it's a human thing to like every once in a while want to treat uh if you're doing this and you call it a cheat meal or a cheat day or you know or you, then you're implying that the rest of what you're doing is so difficult it's unsustainable and you're just trying to drag basically from one cheat meal to another when i used to do conventional calorie restriction diets that was basically my goal my cheat meal was on you know monday nights and i'd be like all right i just got to get to next monday 6 days man 6 days till next monday okay 5 days till next monday and i can have a pizza 4 days until next month you know right. and you're you're labeling it as something that labels what you do 99% of the time is is impossible and unsustainable. That's not what this is about. Right. Simply human uh, lifestyle, eat like a human, is about uh, embracing something that's uh, that's not difficult, that's not hard, uh, and enjoying that aspect of it. And yeah, you're going to have a treat every now and then. Then just kind of call it that because then – it's harder to get back on the wagon if you're like, oh, I had, you know, if you're beating yourself up, like, man, I lost Will Perrin, I had an ice cream sandwich, and then there's a tendency to be like, well, and that's like in the morning, all right, well, I've already screwed up for this right. day, might as well have a pizza for lunch, and might as well have like, you know, uh, KFC for dinner, and might as well have a whole pie, or, at or it's like, because I've already screwed this day up. Or just, if, it, if it's Thursday, then think, well, I might as well just go crazy for the rest of the, the next four days and start over on Monday. Like man, I am yeah. as guilty of yeah, that as anybody. So, the, man, when you when you call it a cheat or you beat yourself up over you know falling off the wagon, that just makes it harder to get back on. Just take it for what it is. 
You, uh, I like how Vinny Tortorich calls it life in a living. Like you put a little life in a living, and then you come back. And when you start referring to that and thinking of it that way, it's so much easier to come back. You don't have to fight to crawl back on the wagon. And right. oh well, I guess I'm back into it. It's just psychological. I think there's a lot of importance. Yeah, and and taking something from Jason Seib of the Everyday Paleo uh, podcast. Um, he says, you know, it's kind of like that thing. It's really easy to be like what we just said, like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go crazy the rest of the day since I had a cookie for breakfast or it's Thursday, so I'll wait and get back on the wagon on Monday. No, like the next thing you put in your mouth is you're 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 fixed. You're you're back. You're you know, it's like okay, you had a cookie after a birthday party. Okay, well. If it's if that was at lunchtime at dinner, eat a normal dinner and you're in the, you're back. There's no you, you were never away, you know. So just yeah. So don't call it a cheat meal. That is way too hard. And I, I used to do the six days where I would go super strict, and then I would yeah. go absolutely crazy on Sundays. Like I would have a dozen donuts in the morning and like a ton of huge all you can eat pizza for lunch, and I wake myself up for my Sunday afternoon nap. Remember when we could take those before you had kids? And uh, uh, yeah, I would like wake myself up from my nap to eat like three. Snickers, and I mean, it was crazy. And I was setting your alarm on your phone to wake you up to eat garbage. Yes, yes. And I mean, and I was a very, I was very lean when I was doing it like that. But it was just like this constant pressure during the week. Like, oh, I just, I'm going to starve myself to get to that cheat meal. And to me, that's just. If you want to do that, great. If you're doing that and you're having success with that, fine. But to me, that's just not a sustainable way to do things. So don't have well, a and, and Very, very quick aside, too. When you binge on sugar like that, it makes it uh, – and I'd like to write an article about this, cutting out sweets completely from your diet or regularly, like Diet Cokes and stuff like that. When you cut down on things like that in your diet, it makes it changes your palate and makes you want to crave less of those. So when you have a day that you go totally you know, bananas – apes on like donuts and stuff like that and you're, you're eating non-stop sugar like for a whole day it makes it harder like your body wants to crave that stuff again so right. you almost have to like break the addiction so to speak so yeah. that's another good reason why like don't let one little tiny thing derail like a whole day or a whole weekend or something like that you got to get it like kind of in the frame of reference right very good so tip of the week is don't have a cheat meal. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human podcast. Coming up next time, we continue our Everyman series with a friend of mine, Ben Lamb, who is a business owner in the Austin area. And he uh, uh, got to talking to him at a buddy's wedding back in January. And he's doing the Bulletproof Coffee and High Fat, and his workouts are, uh, are improving, and he's just feeling great. His energy level's up. So we're going to talk to Ben. Uh, about how some of the changes that he's made have affected him. So that's coming up. You can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, Simply Human Kids page. All that is there. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Or you can email the show, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Or you can email Rick, simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Please leave us a review. We're still stuck on seven. And I know there are people out there that listen to this and haven't reviewed one texted me last night so you know who you are leave us a review good or bad any publicity is good publicity one star no stars negative can you do negative stars is that like a black hole <laughs> I think we'll find out that was a little that was a little physics humor <laughs> way to go Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> alright so uh, I guess that'll do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast and remember well and I have quite a bit of experience uh, wrestling naked men so until next time enjoy yourself <laughs>